Welcome, ladies and germs, to Screen Actors Guilt, where we explore Oscar-winning actors and the embarrassing films they'd rather forget. My name's Michelle. I'm Henry, the cute one, uh, and the bad boy. I don't know which one I am. I'll, I'll figure it out as, as we I'm go on. I'm the sassy one. I'm, I'm the not... Jewish. I'm the Jewish one. Uh, I'm two-fifths of the Spice Girls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this is our first uh, of this podcast. Uh, very excited. I'm excited. Uh, uh, this is we're living in we're living a little weird. Um, we're just gonna say we're living in a little weird. It's a weird yeah. time. I think we've all we've all earned another bad movie podcast, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. If there's we're all we're locked in our houses. For future generations, there's a quarantine happening. There's some there's some bad virus out there in the world, and we are sitting inside watching bad movies uh, from great actors and and spending some time, uh, you know, ragging on our favorites. Yeah, definitely uh, ragging on our favorites. Um, we chose to do Oscar winning actors because anyone can rip apart a B-movie actor, and no one really feels that great about doing it, but someone with such accolades as an Academy Award, they can afford to take a little heat. Right. They've done... You, you can find 1,500 Sharknado podcasts, right? Like, you can you can find the, the podcasts about the truly terrible movies. We, what we want to dig into here is, is the actors that are great, that we respect, yes. that have earned the, uh, earned the admiration of their peers... Uh, from the Academy and beyond, we want to find their worst, most embarrassing starring roles and dig in. Absolutely. That's what this podcast is. That's what it is. And I think we're starting off on the right foot, which is to say the McConaughey foot. Because Matthew McConaughey is strikes that perfect balance between being an actor that we all love on and off screen and also mm -hmm. someone who's got some real stinkers in their repertoire. Right. Uh, great, no great face, great body, great talent. And uh, some some great movies, and a bunch of ones that aren't. And phenomenal nipples, as you will find out in this next cinematic excursion. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Prominently featured. Yeah, so Matthew McConaughey is an Oscar-winning actor for the Dallas Buyers Club. He sure is. Because there was like three years there where Matthew McConaughey was making incredible movies and TV. Uh, yeah. And at either side of that, there are other years and other <laughs> movies. There really are. He went through, uh, he was kind of a, a non-entity, then he was a bit of a rom-com pretty boy, and then he actually made some, some stories with legs, some real mm -hmm. some mm -hmm. real masterpieces, and then he made this. Actually, no, that's not true. He made this, and then he won an Oscar. But those two things were not very far apart. Right. No, there were, between the, the making of this movie and the Oscar, like, there wasn't enough time for a kid to be born and go to kindergarten, Definitely. right? It was like a it was like a four year gap, I think. Yeah, we're gonna right? call it the toddler gap. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so there was a toddler <laughs> gap between Surfer Dude and his acceptance speech, and I would say, uh, yeah, I think since then he's he's fallen off a bit. Yeah, right. I, he's he made he's he made some great stuff. True Detective was incredible, one of my favorite shows of all time. Yes, mine as uh, well. At least you know. Season one, not season two, which is yeah. just a just a shitty, shitty, shitty it's, piece of TV. It's uh, garbage. Yeah, Mud was great. Dallas Buyers Club, I think, probably hasn't aged well in comparison. He was great in it. Oh uh, yeah. And then he went back to making kind of garbage movies. Uh, <laughs> he went back to having fun and doing what yeah. McConaughey does best, which is uh, 
pop that shirt off and have a, a bit of a southern drawl and just have a good time. I think that's He's really one of the, right there in his One of the actors who never changes their accent for a role. And I respect that's that. Really I respect true. it. Because you've, you've got actors, you've got Meryl Streep who sounds different in everything she does. Mm-hmm. You have the like Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jeffrey Wright who are just like, there's, you could not hear them and assume they were the same person movie to movie. And then you have Matthew McConaughey who can only play a character who spent most of their life in South Texas. Oh, that's where he's from. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's always going to be a little bit of a little bit of extra flavor and I do appreciate it. It's endearing mm-hmm. and I honestly I love the man. He's a good he's a good boy. He's one of the few people who despite uh years of fame and being a heartthrob hasn't really fallen off and in, in the off the moral wagon, shall we say. Yeah. Yeah, he's always He's always just JKL, just just doing his thing, hanging out with Woody Harrelson, getting a high, playing bongos, taking his shirt off. That's stays right there in that wheelhouse. That's Matt. Yeah. That's Matt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, do people actually call him Matthew? Does somebody go up to Matthew McConaughey and say, "Hi, Matthew"? Do people? What would you call him if you were his buddy? Matty seems like that would be appropriate. Matt, like Matty Ice. Doesn't uh, he seem like a Matty Ice probably is a nickname of his past, not his present. God, I yeah. don't like. I feel like Mac is probably the thing that. Yeah. No, you're right. right? He's definitely a Mac. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, all right. So let's let's talk about Surfer Dude, uh, American masterpiece. Uh, it's 2008. 2008. Yeah. So we've talked about why we picked Matthew McConaughey. Seems like it's a positive note, you know, someone who we genuinely like, someone who we're not going to feel too terrible about tearing apart. That will change with future episodes uh, because uh-huh. there, there's, <laughs> there's some great actors that do some bad things. He's not one of them. So this is like starting it off light. Also, this movie was selected because it somehow 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. Unprecedented. Right. Not that it has no reviews. Which does happen. Yeah. It has right, 18 reviews. 18 and they're critics reviews. All negative, right? Yeah, all negative and all willing to give him 0%, which is like, <laughs> I say him, that sounds personal. It's the movie, but it's also, it's him. This movie is Matthew McConaughey in a lot of ways. Yes. Yeah, man, this movie, it was not well received. And also, it goes with, it's worth noting that even like audience reviews only creeped it up to a 16 percent and those are people those are like that's like 1700 people people that wanted to see this movie voluntarily yeah it's it's truly truly strange so this movie was was directed by sr bindler Mm -hmm. who nobody's ever heard of i think he's primarily a cinematographer who decided to make a movie he also co-wrote it with three other people three other humans which is four more writers than the movie feels like it has. That was like my uh, first note. Besides the fact yeah. that this movie starts out with a long shot of the American flag, <laughs> the second <laughs> thing to come across the screen are four dudes' names who apparently all got together in a room to write this masterpiece, or I or don't like know. did like a Mad Libs of yeah, like like downloaded. Uh, yeah, a screenplay Mad Lives, just sort of throwing in surfer dialogue. A game surfer, of telephone. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhere along this, it feels like, okay, the screenplay is maybe a game of telephone where they all just got tired and went to sleep. Uh-huh. uh-huh. <laughs> it ends. Right. It ends. When a, whenever one of them got bored, they passed it to the next one, who wrote for about 30 seconds until they got bored, and then passed it around. 100% uh, checks out. 
Yeah. So yeah. So the movie starts with um, an American flag flapping for like two straight minutes while none other than Matthew McConaughey plays the Star Spangled Banner. Not on screen, just a credited yeah. uh, musician. I'm so glad you soundtrack. looked that up. I didn't know mm-hmm. that, but it doesn't... Going into that movie, you think you're about to experience a very different movie. A movie that mm-hmm. has something to do with America. Mm-hmm. Patriotism. Or just... Or being yeah, a movie. Why, why is that in there? It, it feels like just a... Somebody insists it doesn't make sense. All right, all right. So the movie it really doesn't make sense. So the movie goes as like this, right? So Matthew McConaughey is a shirtless, shoeless, black and white shorts wearing mm-hmm. surfer mm. named Steve Addington. Yes. Uh, he walks into a an airport trying to take his surfboard through security. Uh, and is stopped because it's 2008 and you can't bring a surfboard through security. And he talks in surfer nonsense to two TSA agents yes, he for, does. for way too long. With no shoes on. With no shoes on. With no, like, which I guess is, I mean, good. You have to take off your shoes anyway. He's just, like, already okay. prepared. No, he's ahead of the curve. You're right. Except he's going to try to put a surfboard through security. <laughs> it's like a carry-on. <laughs> I, I guess. Uh, all right. So what would you say this movie's about? Uh, okay, if I were to, if I were to distill it down to its, what it thinks it is, like what they would have put <laughs> right, on the yeah. back of the DVD, to... because the, what yeah. it is and what it would, um, what it was market, market itself as are two entirely different beasts, but it is about a soul surfer, that's important, a soul surfer from mm-hmm. Malibu, mm-hmm. whose only dream in life is to catch those juicy waves, who's being hounded mm-hmm. by... Uh, TV executives to sell out and be on a reality TV show. No waves. Mm-hmm. There's no waves. So yep. that's... Right. Yeah. There's <laughs> P.S. There's no waves. <laughs> the, the principal conflict of the movie is that there aren't waves for a month. Or there, yeah. 58 days for like two months. Exactly. Uh, so we kind of... There... We, we start out with, with Matthew McConaughey on the beach with his manager uh, discussing kind of his finances. His manager, played by Woody Harrelson, yes. in uh, in a wig made from Matthew McConaughey's hair, <laughs> uh, and yeah, talking about how they have to, and I think I quote, water the money tree yes. so that it can bloom money. Yeah, I. There's yeah. a lot of hippie talk in this movie that it feels like they like listened to somebody from Arcata, California, where we grew up. Oh yeah. For like, like I don't know, six minutes, and they're like, oh okay, I kind of got a flavor for how these people talk. I'm going to write a movie like dead drunk trying to pretend to write like that. Absolutely. Uh, and it was, yeah. So like I, like I've talked about with you, I'm here for it. This is my mm-hmm. movie. Oh yeah. This is a hundred percent my thing. It's a silly surfer comedy, I guess. Yeah, it's comedy. It's um, billed as an American comedy. It is billed as a comedy. Yeah. So it insists that it's a comedy. Uh, yeah, man, like point break couple other like hard ticket to hawaii north shore like deep blue like there's a lot of movies where i'm so many I'm more just, movies than i can name i'm just down because i don't i don't you meet a movie on its own terms right mm-hmm. i'm not going mm-hmm. into this thinking that i'm you know i'm this isn't watching it's not high art it's yeah not, we're not, it's not watching art. the godfather we're watching right, it's high yeah uh yeah so i was on its team I was 100% rooting for this thing, and I wrote down my very first note was, prediction, this movie rules. (laughs) 
uh, we'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling by the end of this movie as I go through these notes. But that is where I was at mentally. Where were you at mentally? Going. Into I this uh, I did not expect to like the movie, mm-hmm. and I did not like the movie. I did go on a journey throughout the movie. Yes. Uh, that began with hating it, and periodically like, oh, do I, do I like this movie? Like every now and then there'd be these spurts of like. Oh, these are just like dudes having fun making yeah. a, a movie that's like it's not a movie. It's not a story. There's there's not like character arcs or narrative or or any or stakes. But like it seems like they're having fun. And then periodically something ha- would happen like there'd be just like just naked women doing yeah. nothing but being naked women and like getting yelled at. Uh and there'd be like a dude pelvic thrusting for no reason. <laughs> uh there there'd be uh your like weird racial stereotypes and be like oh no i actually oh, or there'd just be fucking like terrible lighting for no reason where it feels like a homemade movie uh starring a-list actors yeah. like oh no this movie's terrible uh but i went i went on a journey i did not start a- expecting to like it and, and i did not yeah i yeah exactly we we started out on opposite ends of the pool and we ended up both wallowing in the shallow end by the by the last few minutes because turns out it's just not a movie and it was really boring and i i didn't mind that the characters weren't very well developed i didn't mind that it didn't have much of a plot i kind of thought it was going to be one of those like like a romp you know like a good romp where you were going to see some surfer footage some beautiful tropical scenes what have you some like nope (laughs) no like you know like maybe like maybe maybe mexico maybe it was i guess it's set in malibu that's those are some good beaches like I thought maybe it's like 50% surf porn, 50% movie. It's kind of just, it's just a lot of wading around and drifting around. It mostly takes place at like a weird, crappy pool party. Yes. In a, uh, like a kind of designer California house, sort yeah. of. The, uh, have you read the premise on Wikipedia? Because it's, it's written by somebody that clearly didn't like the movie. Uh, for yes. the same reasons that I didn't like the movie, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read it verbatim because I feel like it takes it apart in a way that we could not. Uh, <laughs> I do <laughs> remember dude. this. Like, I'm excited to hear. <laughs> surfer dude is the story of Steve Addington, a soul-searching surfer who experiences an existential crisis when no waves come for over a month. Yes. While the waves are not arriving, producers are trying to get him to join a reality show. He refuses joining the show because his main focus is surfing, and he keeps searching for the waves along the coast of California. The waves end up coming back a month later. <laughs> <laughs> the way they sum up the plot resolution is the only way you could ever sum up the plot exactly. resolution. There's a little note right after that that uh-huh. I believe says, this plot review requires more information. Or This article needs an improved plot summary, which I'm going to say <laughs> no, is not, not accurate. This movie needs a, a fucking plot. <laughs> that is actually incredibly accurate. There's some other like B-plot strings that they throw in there but that's pretty much it you're watching a guy watch the water and then the movie is over right this is a movie where the ensuing action the catalyst is is that there are no waves it's the absence of something that drives the story forward ish (laughs) right it makes time continue right the villain in this movie it's not the reality show producer no it's not the shitty reality show co-star it's arguably the moon. It's the it's, moon. It's the, it's, it's the moon. It's, it's weather and it's tides. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, it's actually the antagonist is straight up the moon. It's the this moon. This is an anti-moon it's... platform for sure. Right. 
Which I, I think there is a way to view the movie mm-hmm. where uh, it's actually a, a, a celestial passion play, uh, a uh, sort of a metaphor for the, the uh, primordial struggle between the sun and the moon. Yeah. The sun as manifested by glowing, sunny, tan, beautiful Matthew McConaughey Absolutely. who just wants to shower everybody with his sunny goodness and his, his golden boy positive attitude he just wants to surf and the moon as played by oh i do not remember his name uh but he plays uh he's he plays the guy- not his husband on uh on a big little eyes yeah so i've been uh, referring to that guy as poor man's tim heidecker because he's definitely that like greasy tan a- executive sure. type that he tends to play on uh on his and eric's show and i just I couldn't get over that. I'm like, man, what a missed opportunity. He would have really had fun. It's kind of the character that he plays in uh, in Us. Did you see Us? Oh, I didn't. I didn't see Us because I'm I'm afraid of uh, of blood and gore. Uh, yes. But I do. But yeah, he's Richard. Uh, no, Jeffrey Nordling mm. playing, which is just a terrible name. Uh, <laughs> playing Eddie Zarno. He Zarno. looks like a lizard. Uh, That's so funny. Also wearing a Matthew McConaughey wig. Yeah, that's so funny. So uh, I watched this movie with my boyfriend Jesse, and his his note was, "That guy looks like a lizard crawled inside of a man." <laughs> <laughs> he does. He's a really lizardy looking guy. He is. Uh, yeah. And he's got the the haircut that is required for this movie, which is a bleach blonde, like brown hair, bleached blonde, shoulder length, slicked back. Swept all back of the men in, in this movie. Band. Yes, exactly. All, <laughs> every single male actor in this movie, except for the crude racial stereotypes, has the exact same haircut, yes. which may or may not be Matthew McConaughey's donated hair, locks of love style. <laughs> there is, but they're all wearing the same. I, I, you know, yeah, it's all the same. The it's like, haircut. it's sort of that, uh, like, 90s, like, surf movie aesthetic, where it's like, all dudes from Southern California have shoulder-length ble- bleach blonde hair, right? Right? Right. Yeah, yeah ex- except... <laughs> That it's made in 2008, starring A-list actors. If someone told me that this movie was, like, made by German directors and writers, (laughs) I would be like, yeah, fucking yeah. Because it seems like a foreigner's interpretation of what surf culture is in Malibu, USA. Absolutely. Right. No, it's, it's as though somebody just, like, yeah, casually observed a TV show about a TV show about surfing. Yes. And decided that they should make a movie about it. The, there's also the like weird B plot of the uh, the reality TV show that is about surfers that are being motion captured for a Tony Hawk Pro Skater style immersive VR video game that I believe requires an in-house fake surfboard. Absolutely. There's a full studio with a surfboard and motion sensor set up and a <laughs> and a moment towards the beginning where they they put the glasses on Matthew McConaughey's face mm-hmm. in order to let him see what the video play looks like. And it's just it's not like he's not controlling the action. It's not real VR where he's like ducking and weaving and making things move around. It's just a video and he's passively uh-huh. taking it in and then <laughs> the surfboard wipes out and he falls to the ground. <laughs> right. Because like you do in a video game when you're playing it yourself. Like, like you do when you watch a movie. I guess if you're a dog. <laughs> right. <laughs> Man fell over. I'm on the ground. It was amazing. I like my notes say, is his brain a dog's brain? 
Because it wasn't actual VR. It was literally just a movie playing on the inside of some sunglasses. Right. He just decided that it happened to him. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, there's there's some parts of the movie that suggest that he might be a dog. He's got some trouble with the concept of video. Right. Same scene. He talks about there being something wrong with the fish. And he mm-hmm. presses on the screen, he taps on the screen, like you do with fish, and it's very clearly a video of fish that he can't tell the difference between. Something's wrong with these fish, dude. Something's wrong with these fish, dude. Yeah, no, it's not. There's, I, well, yeah. There's, like, a few moments where I think the movie is trying to, like, be cheeky, you know, like, look at these stony surfers, these stony surfer things. Like, that's, I think, a little bit of, like, a, like a stony joke. Like at his expense. Oh, you think? I think so. I'm trying to give the movie more credit than it's probably due, but I, like I said, I was on its team, man. And then, <laughs> then things got different. So, yeah. So I guess he's broke, right? He starts the movie out. He's out of money. So his manager, Woody Harrelson's trying to tell him he's out of options. He's got to sign on this deal and be part of this VR reality TV situation. Uh, right. And this is because his sponsors are, and I quote, poolside at the Four Seasons in Bali getting their Grendel's Twitch. Uh, so yeah, so because <laughs> the sponsors are getting their Grendel's Twitch. I, what is a Grendel? Uh, Grendel? Is it? it might maybe have been it's a Grendel? a Grendel? I guess Grendel is the, Grendel Grendel's the like monster. Grendel sounds like a mythical the, creature. <laughs> right, Grendel's the monster in Beowulf. Yeah. Uh, oh, it totally is. Yep, this is, uh, this is what his sponsors are doing. So his money's dried up, and now he's supposed to sell out. Right, That's yeah. Seems and like where the movie would be going. Seems like the plot would be like some aggressive corporate stooges trying to win over, trying to beat down uh, this kind of well-meaning free spirit, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. That's a movie I could watch. That's- right. It's a, it's a man in a lizard suit trying to take the soul of a dog in a human suit. Or lizard in a man suit. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's actually kind of like a, a war of the species, perhaps. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> lizards versus dogs. Yeah. <laughs> the traditional enemies. Yeah, it's mammals and reptiles. They're mm-hmm. sworn enemies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's not on board. He says, he says one line that he repeats over and over, which is, Brother, I got no trouble shaking a surfer's hand. Right, I don't, which it is doesn't a mean thing people anything. Say. He, says <laughs> <it>. <laughs> he does say it. He says it quite a few times. And then he visits the house. So he visits that party house. It's just like completely stacked to the gills with bare-breasted women, and everybody's being pretty debaucherous. It's like a wild kind of, like a real world on steroids meets spring break situation going on there. Right, right. With a couple other like famous surfers, one... La Rosa, Lupe La Rosa, right? Who's uh, uh, just a very crude racial stereotype he played is. by a, an actor that I really like, played by Ramon Rodriguez. But it's uh, super, uh, Lupe La Rosa is super annoying. Uh, and then uh, the guy that plays Ragnar Lothbrook in Vikings, mm, also so as, a, as a surfer, yeah, whose name I best. do not know. I don't know his uh, name either. Yeah, I didn't put that together. Oh, it's Travis Fimmel. Okay. Travis Fimmel. Yeah. Yeah, that his his nemesis, his surfing nemesis, is that dude from The Wire. But 
Yeah, he just plays like a real stereotypical machismo. He's the only mm-hmm. like non-white person in this movie, but he's just like a, a South um, South American douchebag surfer who wants to take all the women and take all the waves and make fun of his soul surfing longboard style. That's right. Oh no, the lying temptress is a black woman. Mm. Don't forget that. Nope, I did forget that. Yep, she's she's her name is April May. Her name is April May. Yeah, which is the <laughs> most porn May. star name. <laughs> it totally is. Yeah, yeah, she's trying to fake seduce Matthew McConaughey for the benefit of uh, TV ratings. Mm-hmm. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, they just have cameras following him, his every move, multiple camera crews crawling all over this place, and he's not technically on the show. Right, so. TV ratings for a show that may or may not be broadcasting in real time, like fucking it, the Truman Show. Yeah. Like, there's the, the, me- like the, the structure of this TV in this world doesn't make a ton of sense. No, that editing room or, like, broadcast room, it's a bunch of, like, frantically, like, typing dudes on all these different computers, and they're like, camera two, go to camera two, go to camera three. Like, it's not live. It's also potentially not a show. Who are also, at the same dudes at the same time, also capturing the video game. They're all in the same room doing video game motion capture recording and running the back end of a reality TV show. Yeah, I really, like, the more and more it's really I think talented about... crew. Yeah, they they kind of they they shot for the stars with this in terms of what they were trying to achieve as like a as like a corporate crew. They're trying to do a video game and they're trying to do a reality TV. Again, it just it smacks of someone from another country being like, "What do Americans <laughs> love? They love extreme sports, video games, and reality TV, and bare-breasted women and dudes fighting each other." It's Gunther making a movie, is what it, it is. It is. It is. His sunshine girls are running rampant all over that mansion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, so uh, so he endures that for a little while. The waves are still dried up, though, and that's his yep. main concern. He could not be troubled to react to anything going on in any of these scenes because he's basically just like, nah, bruh, just care about the waves. And he stares at but that there's horizon. No waves. But there's no waves. There's no waves. For, for so long, there's no waves. For 58 days. This movie keeps track of the number of days without waves. It's 58 days. My God. 58 days. So this movie takes place over the course of two months. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it feels like 10. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It is an hour and 10 minute long movie. Oh, my God. With... It's so short. Yeah, like it's not a long movie. <laughs> um, the other little plot is that there's this like East Coast reporter who takes a job on the West Coast to be like a behind the scenes reporter on this show. So this show's got like you know how reality shows have you know how, investigative like, reporters. It's got, and like there's a weird relationship where the the TV exec like wants her there but doesn't want her there. Like she's got full yeah. access to everything behind the scenes, but apparently it's kind of rogue access. Very confusing. Right, and the TV exec hates her, can't get her off the show himself. But also appears to have control over the U.S. banking system. Wait, because uh, he freezes all of <laughs> all McConaughey's accounts. Like oh. he freezes his credit card, freezes his bank account. He's just a producer on a TV show that McConaughey is not on. Wait, but if McConaughey is a man, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but if he's a dog man. Then he doesn't dog. have his own power of attorney. He needs another <laughs> human man to take care of his finances. Wait, so you're saying that uh, that Eddie Zarno is Matthew McConaughey's owner? Yeah, he's his master. Okay, he's his master. No, <laughs> he's that his makes, master. It doesn't not sense. make sense. 
No, I mean, it makes as much sense as what the movie is trying to be, I think. It makes more sense. Yeah. Uh, what other things happened before Mexico? Anything uh, else? He, oh, before Mexico. Before Mexico, does mm. anything else happen? Uh, He's just getting really frustrated at the lack of waves. He and his buddies swear off women and weed until the waves show back up. And then, like, right. in the next scene, they're back to women and weed. And that's when uh-huh. we meet Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson is on the scene, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a drug dealer, as he as always ghost. is. He's as a, a ghost. I'm adamant that this dude is not a dude, but he's an apparition. Right, so make the case to me that Willie Nelson is a ghost. Because okay. I see Willie Nelson, he seems fully corporeal to me. He looks like a corporeal man, but he doesn't mm-hmm. speak to anyone else. He just mm-hmm. appears in these kind of... Um, he appears twice. Once, mm-hmm. as they're gazing off at the shoreline, sitting on the beach, smoking weed. And another mm-hmm. time, when he appears in Mexico... With a, a nug of weed that, like, is as big as a human forearm. <laughs> right. And, and, and is p- disgusting to look at. That props department really screwed the pooch. But he does, like, appear two times only to bestow, like, some kind of, I don't know, like, stony surfer wisdom. And then he's just sort of gone. But he doesn't have any integration into the context of the movie. And I just, I straight up believe he's a ghost. Right, he's like a, a weed Jiminy Cricket, or like a, a Roma Downey weed angel, right? Like yeah. there's oh yeah, he's <laughs> Roma Downey, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that guy, he shows up, he doesn't, I don't really think he has much to say that helps out our, our buddy Steve Addington, but then Steve... He, he tends goats, which I believe make it into the movie poster. Oh yeah, they're like hanging yeah, the, out under that tree with, that, with a bunch of goats in a field. Yeah, the movie poster is just Matthew McConaughey... Wearing the board shorts that he's wearing for the entire two-month period of the movie mm-hmm. with his uh, surfboard and then a bunch of goats in a tree. So that's yep. that's important. That's important. Uh, but yeah, then he goes to Mexico, right? And he goes Searching to Mexico. for waves from the same, effectively, same wave system as, the, as Malibu. It's yeah. all the same place. <laughs> yeah, he just goes to, like, northern Baja, hangs out, and, like, <laughs> posts up in a palm tree to stare at the shoreline, hangs out on the beach to stare at the shoreline, um, makes an awesome new best friend. Mm-hmm. It's, a mm-hmm. little, it's a little Mexican boy who finds him staring at the water, and then the two of them have a, a fun little adventure. They, like, run around together. They put a, they make a bonfire on the beach. He throws his board on the fire as, like, a sacrificial offering to the wave gods. Or right. to the moon, but the moon is not a benevolent moon. He, right, he gets angry and throws a rock into the ocean. He does. Uh, which <laughs> that was your I, favorite part. I love. It's a real highlight of the movie for me. I don't know why. Something about it struck me as so, so funny and so strange. Uh, I guess it, I've never thrown a big rock into the ocean. It felt foreign and, and interesting to me. Yeah. my Well, it's funny. One of my favorite parts was when he and that little kid are having like a bonfire. They start rubbing ash on their faces uh-huh. And then, you know in, like, the movie Face Off, how they do that face waterfall thing to each other, where they, like, place their palms on a loved one's face and then just, like, let it slide down? You know, like... I, like I've, I've John never Travolta's... seen Face Off, so no, but I believe you. Oh, my God. John Travolta's whole family, they do this, like, bonding thing where they like, like, I see you, I love you, and they palm each other's faces. What? <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, face off. So that's pretty much what he and this kid are face waterfalling each other with ash from the bonfire um, after he decides, fuck you, Mother Earth, I'm burning my fiberglass board because the waves won't come. 
Love this dude. Best dude. Uh, uh, he gets fake arrested in Mexico. Right. Also, also a genuine... In Mexico? I thought they're back in Malibu at that mm. point. He's still in Mexico? No, you're right. They're back in Malibu. He comes back, and then he thinks he's getting pulled over because he's, like, smoking weed in the car. Mm-hmm. But it's actually his, his surfer bras and the, the douchebag rival playing a little joke on him, pulling yeah. him over in a cruiser. Um, that is, by the way, that is my genuine number one favorite part of the movie. That that segment. Yeah. If you ju- if you took the rest of the movie, I think that's a segment from a good movie. Yeah. Like them, where there's only dialogue, where it's four stoner guys saying "be cool" to each other with no other words, just one person saying "be cool" and another person saying "be cool" and another saying "be cool" back to them, <laughs> and then Matthew McConaughey makes a r- barefoot run for it. Uh, and throws weed away. Cops like pull him at gunpoint for for weed. So rad. And then, and then the cop rips off his cop shirt. Yeah, he does. Like a stripper shirt, and it's the uh, the like the crude Latino stereotype La Rosa, uh, who then goes like ay ay ay, and literally, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, and I honestly in that moment of the movie, I was. I was in. I was so ready to like the movie for the rest of it. It paid off for me. But then it was back to being a garbage movie, unfortunately. It was a bunch of adult men in their 30s being terrified to get pulled over with a tiny joint that they could have just flipped out the window. It was a joint. (laughs) Which, okay, I know I've read this to you already, but um, it does bear mentioning that Matthew McConaughey's real-life arrest is kind of similar to his role in this movie. And um, he was arrested... (laughs) in his own house for dancing around naked with a possession of a bong on suspicion quote of marijuana possession of drug paraphernalia and yeah so put suspicion of possession of marijuana within the limits of his house he gets arrested for playing the bongos and smoking weed and also it says there was an unidentified man supposedly clapping and cheering him on and he was briefly (laughs) detained and then not brought to jail (laughs) who's that so do you think they didn't identify Woody Harrelson, or they decided to not identify Woody Harrelson. It's nineteen ninety nine. It has to be Woody Harrelson. Oh my god! I mean, it was Woody Harrelson. They, do you think they wrote this movie under pseudonyms in nineteen ninety nine and then made it ten years later? It's a possibility. Yeah. It's a possibility. Oh my goodness! Yeah. So, you know, I mean, he's a bongo playing shirtless naked free spirit, and you get to see that side of him in my favorite mm-hmm. scene of the movie where he's back in Malibu at his like beach pad and hits rock bottom because the waves, I mean, what is it? It's like day 50 now. The day- waves still aren't here. And he's beside himself naked, hanging out on his patio, playing the didgeridoo. Which is just Matthew McConaughey's natural state. Exactly. Like, naked naked Mac with a didge. That's, that's him. That's him. It's just a documentary at that point. There's so much didge in this movie, Henry. It's There's so much didge, and uh, the the love interest, uh, Alexi played by Alexi Gilmore, asks asks him like what he's doing. Right? Is that I don't remember exactly the like what his explanation is, but it seems like it's basically just I do this when I'm I, I play a naked didgeridoo and I'm sad. Oh yeah, somewhere I have um, somewhere I've got a note about this, but yeah, no, he's he's beside himself. He's just trying to trying to maintain and that's that's the most oh wait he goes do you know what waiting without waiting is <laughs> and he doesn't have an answer to that question <laughs> but i was just like oh that's like my 
There's my Bodie Patrick Swayze from Point Break moment. I've been waiting for the Bodie moment where he like waxes philosophical while staring at the ocean, and that was it. It meant nothing, but it was no, awesome. He was just getting it's, lost it's in the nonsense. Ditch and it's nonsense writing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. That all right? And well, and then uh, well, then there's like the true low point, right? Where uh, they're filming him, and then they splice. It together for him to say, I hate surfing. Surfing's for losers. I'm more into reality shows and video games. Yeah. Uh, which is exactly the opposite of what he actually says. And also what he obviously believes looking at him as a person who clearly has never gone inside, has never played a video game, only surfs. Uh, yeah, they're then, turning his fan base on him. And that's how I guess they eventually manipulate him into coming back around. Right, because the the guys throw a breakfast burrito at him, he did. Uh, and ex- it which explodes across his rippling chest, uh, <laughs> and then he goes and the, is and signs a contract, somehow breaks the video game. Okay, so first of all, before he signs the contract, he has a business plan. That business plan oh, is right. him, and <laughs> he's like, okay, point taken. You want me to sign this contract? Counterpoint. Here's my negotiation. What if you bought this little book of stickers that I've made? And it's just a collection of surf stickers that he's cultivated over the course of his life and hands it to that man, the business exec. Um, so good. That made me it's smile. So good. The sales pitch, too, right? Put uh, it on anything. Put it on You a can laptop. put stickers on your surfboard, put stickers on your laptop, on your dog. your dog. Put it on if your you dog. If you shave it. God, it's so weird. <laughs> uh, yeah, so then he... He does participate in the VR thing. Um, but all right, this is where the tech crew <laughs> baffles me. And just the idea of technology at all in this movie is baffling. He puts on all the sensors. He's doing his surfer thing on the simulated surfboard. And then he approaches the fake wave in the VR and he wipes out, I, I think I'll intentionally in order to screw with them and stick it to the man, Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, everyone on all the computers start freaking out, and a little alarm's going off, and they're saying, system fail, system fail. <laughs> there's so many minute, There's so many moments in this movie where falling over equals you broke the system. Right. It's, it's not how anything works. It's certainly not how motion capture works. He's not playing Falling down breaks the motion capture. <laughs> he's, he's literally just <laughs> recording video. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, yeah, so you would think that that would be, yeah, like what, okay, so the antagonist is weather patterns and the moon, and the plot seems like it would kind of like climax around like, will he or will he not sign the contract, but that moment comes and goes, and then the movie just keeps happening, so. Yeah, and, and the resolution point has nothing to do with him. It's that oh, yeah. his love interest's dad buys the production studio, shuts down the production, and somehow brings the waves back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like an act which, of God. Uh, yeah, and they they do they they fire uh, the the lizard man uh, and tell him to take up surfing again and bring him out a surfboard for him to walk away from the house with. Yes, they do. Yeah, um, I mean, I love that their form of punishment was to shame him, like, you forgot your roots, bro. Back to the beach. <laughs> right. But, yeah, I mean, it really just, 
it feels like a dude on a lot of pills who's just kind of <laughs> coasting around and he experiences different stimulus inputs but he just is like his challenge is to be chiller than he was in the previous scene which each mm-hmm. with each sequential mm-hmm. scene Mm-hmm. So he's essentially like, he's never reacting. He does not get riled up. He smokes a lot more weed. And then the movie eventually ends because they made it end. Because I think they realized that they were going on their third month of like stringing along this budget that pretty much just funds uh, Willie Nelson selling weed to the crew, I would imagine. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's, yeah, like the production of the movie is a series of scenes competing against each other to see which can have the lowest stakes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. There's no stakes. Like, there's no stakes. There's just no stakes. I want to root for something, and I want to be on this movie's team because, like, dude, it's a silly surf movie. I'm here for it. I want to I want to have a good chuckle, and I want to watch some extreme sports. That sounds fun. That's not what this movie is. It takes the one thing that would have been fun about it, which is watching surfing, or right. comedy. It's like a surfer <laughs> comedy that doesn't have surfing or comedy. Yeah, because, right. If What are the jokes? If the conflict, like, if the villain succeeds, if, if everything goes the worst possible way in this movie, yeah, Matthew McConaughey's character is on a reality show and in a video game. Yes. That's, and that's... That, is, that is, like, the, that is the meteor hitting Earth. That is the, uh, like, that is the hostage being killed, is that he's in Tony Hawk Pro Skater, at, but surfing. Totally. And, and on, like, real-world Malibu. Yeah, it's that kind of, like, it's that 80s, 90s trope of, like, you know, like, kind of, like, remember all those movies that came out around the same time where it was all about, like, the little local, like, ski resort trying to, like, not be sold out to the big, like, conglomerate trying to take away their, like, fun appreciation of the outdoors. Or, like, I think there's a lot of 90s movies about, like, people who just care about, like, the love of the game and not selling out. But, like, it's kind of, like, following that formula and that's what i thought i was watching and then that kind of just like resolves itself at the last minute but it's still basically about him just being like oh fuck the moon man right yeah basically right the <laughs> i mean the the true risk is that the waves never come back and that would be bad that would be bad for everybody that'd be bad for whales for sure right but nobody has control over it except for the uh the the moon man yeah um uh, the moon man who's who's maybe renata's husband the the lizard man kept inside the house yeah uh, mm. oh okay it's worth noting that when the raves come back that when he is surfing that is the only time that his shirt is on right he's shirtless the entire movie uh-huh and he puts on his uniform to go to work so he's, <laughs> he's got he's those nips are definitely sheathed while he's uh, slicing up some juicy waves. But right, he, until he goes he gets... over to the <laughs> he goes over to the house of a stranger, shirtless and shoeless. But when it's time to surf, he puts on his shirt. Oh, he's like attending business meetings, shirtless and shoeless. Right, he's definitely in like corporate offices, office office mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then he's and then shirt on when it's game time i love it it's not like that's unrealistic it's just that it's a funny choice for this movie with matthew mcconaughey i like i like that he's popping that shirt on for the big moment um yeah yeah you and i are talking about how how much nipple is in this movie so yeah it's i mean there's a there is a lot of male nipple yes but there is far far more women's nipples and there is more 
uh, sort of an like anti Bechdel test. This movie passes, which is more uh, more women's naked breasts than women with dialogue. Yes, uh, and I think it's like a factor of five. Uh, this is not. I think there's three women with dialogue at all in this movie. One of whom is naked. The other two are in bikinis nearly the entire time. Yeah. Uh, Alexis, uh, Alexis, or Alexi Gilmore does wear a shirt in the beginning mm-hmm. when she's still corporate. Yeah, when she's still in reporter mode. And right. Then and she then she goes to Mexico and has mm-hmm. sandy beach sex and right. comes, Which she's, is, she becomes well, inoculated into Malibu culture, apparently. Right. And then and then no more shirts, no more clothes. No more shirts. Yeah, like I don't mind the like casual beach nakedness thing as long as it feels like it's for a, not the gross reasons. But that whole scene that happens at the house where it's just like gratuitous like zoom in on topless women for minutes just going on forever like oh this movie is made for like horny 12 year olds absolutely right there's there's a dude there's a sketchy dude pelvic thrusting in the first minute of the movie <laughs> uh, as there should be as there should you gotta be. set the tone why lie you know right this this movie is basically a shitty dude pelvic thrusting uh and matthew McConaughey having fun and there's a Sort of the two aspects of the movie. And really, that's sort of that captures the highlights and the lowlights. Totally. Yeah, I mean, because highlights, you're watching, you're watching some actors who seem to be buds in real life just having, mm-hmm. like, a rollicking good time. I'm here for right. that. That right. is enjoyable to watch. Willie Nelson is a terrible actor, but he kind of adds to the movie just with his cachet. And I, yeah. I'm down. But he's, he's seasoning. He's not a performer. He's just he's seasoning. He's yeah. he's part of he's part of the background music. He's part of the flavor. He's that Willie. Yeah, he's the Willie Spice. Mm-hmm. He's Willie Spice. We've got what were you're you're Stassy or I'm Sporty and you're the cute one and he's Willie Spice. <laughs> it's Willie Spice exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So what were highlights of this movie for you? Ah, uh, fucking didgeridoo scene made made everything. It just all made sense. I was like, you yeah. know, when you're just watching an actor be themselves and some mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. makes its way into the movie or all mm-hmm. of it makes it the entire movie. It yep. kind of, that kind of made it for me. The fucking little kid scene, it was so funny because it was basically a 15 minute montage that didn't require any dialogue or any like real plot development. It was just like, hey, you know what would make this movie pretty cool? We have a $6 million budget and I'd love to spend more than half of that in Mexico. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, that every seems... every aspect of the movie where it just seems like fun people having fun, I'm pretty down for. Absolutely. I'm pretty into it. I uh, really like, I'm into the idea too that's not actually a part of the movie, but more like a wrinkle that you've created, which is being anti-moon. This is like an anti-lunar uh-huh. platform yeah. that I'm, I'm in it. <laughs> I'm down. It's anti-moon. Uh, oh, by the way, have you, uh, this reminds me, have you seen the Twitter uh, account, yes. Fuck the Moon? Yes. Which is yes. clear that they don't want to fuck the moon. They want to kill the moon. And it's just <laughs> tweets about wanting to kill the moon, uh, which is so good. Uh, but yeah, it's sort of that. It's like a, it's an anti-video game, anti-moon, pro-goat, pro-weed movie. Yeah. I can get and, on board with lots of those things. Yeah, um, I can get on board with that too. Did, have, I mean, I looked at the the, ty- the cover for the movie a second ago. I had forgotten that it's, it's Matthew McConaughey hanging out in front of like a... Oh, what is it? It's like a cool tree with a bunch of goats on all the limbs. And yep, then like a yep. ginormous wave in the background. And I'm like, I want to watch that movie. That looks like yeah. a psychedelic adventure that I didn't get to witness. 
Yeah, there's not nearly as many goats in the movie as the cover would suggest, and I think more goats would have been a better decision. The goat moments are, are solid. I'm there for the goat moments. So, like, uh, where did the money go? Was the money just all funneled into paying Matthew McConaughey at this I think point? Prob- I think probably Big Mac. Uh, I mean, yeah, you've got, like, you have actual, you have Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson as starring characters. Yeah. Uh, you had to get the weird house, uh, which couldn't have been cheap. <laughs> no, the, that house the, is super the weird. The porn star house. Uh, what was the thing about, you were talking, uh, So... It's this kind of, it's this boxy, uh, modern, weird looking house that has like a giant, like, it has a big wall and a giant, like, kind of porthole in it. And the realtor or whoever's showing them the house describes it as, um, <laughs> let me find the, find my little note here, um, as if to conjure the line of the horizon and the molecules in the sand. Absolutely just, not. Who's writing just, the dialogue's fun? Absolute <laughs> abject nonsense. Uh, so weird. So weird. Uh, yeah. Uh, so things I liked. Yeah, the Didge. I like I said the uh, the be the be cool and Larosa ripping off his shirt. So in. Uh, I liked that this movie taught me about the production studio J.K. Livin, uh, Matthew McConaughey's <laughs> production studio. I really do like that. Uh, yeah, and it's just, it's fun. Oh, oh, and I like the moral clarity of a movie where you can tell the villains from the heroes because the heroes have no shirts and the villains have shirts. Absolutely. They're hiding something. It's, they're hiding something, right. <laughs> what's what's under there? What's under uh, there? Their lizard skin might be under there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, uh, one of my highlights was Woody Harrelson, who's just trying his best to be a good manager and convince Matthew McConaughey to make some money for once, says that he needs to be on this reality TV show. Uh, he says, like, the kids out in the Midwest need you, man. They need to learn about waves and learn that there's something cooler in the world than a house made of corn. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, so weird. I don't so not weird. like those lines, because, like, a lot of the really ridiculous stuff in this movie would be fun if the context of this movie was, like, it's a legit comedy. But it doesn't really play as a comedy, so then all that stuff is like, huh, was that supposed yeah. to be, like, deep? Right. I also sort of liked the idea that kids anywhere think that the coolest thing is their house. (laughs) (laughs) When it's all you know and you've lived inside a house of corn for 15 years, that's probably all you you got. My house made of corn. It's, I mean, it's the coolest thing I've got. It's the coolest. Uh, I mean, honestly, if I saw a house made of corn, I think that's actually pretty cool. That fucking Uh, is the coolest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about lowlights? This movie has more lowlights than highlights. It does. And it does despite my best efforts to just love it. So I have to say it earned like it's 0%. Because it's mm-hmm. just, it's boring and it's flat. It's so flat. It's acted really flat. The plot points are flat. It ends abruptly, but kind of like it should have also at the same time ended maybe 35 minutes sooner. Mm-hmm. Um Right, yeah, it's, just, it's a long 80 minutes. It's a long, short movie, and that's and I, you know that I have time for some shitty movies, so it's not for lack of patience or trying. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That and, like, there's, there's so much room to have some positive female characters. Just, like, have a badass surfer chick or someone who's telling it like it is or just anyone talking Anything. who has a vagina would be great. But Anything. It's just a gross little dude fest up in here. 
Yeah, and the only time that the women are talking to each other, it includes the line, you got to keep on hitting that until the hitting is done. Uh, which That's so is, bad. Right, it's, it sounds like somebody, like talking about killing somebody, but yeah. it's about having sex with Matthew McConaughey, I guess? Yeah, uh, she's like, you little slut, you hit that, didn't you? Like, is this movie written in 1978? Like, what's <laughs> happening? It's really, it's not that long ago, and yet it's so long ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, oh, highlight, you get to see what Matthew McConaughey's character, Steve Addington, what his signature looks like when he signs the contract, and it's like a loopy cursive, the word ad, and then a hieroglyph of the sun. Huh. <laughs> Which adds to my Steve Addington is the sun. Shit. And Eddie Zarno is the moon. This, the villainous, villainous moon. Yes. This is a cosmic showdown. This mm-hmm. is a celestial showdown. No, this is Clash of the Titans part zero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, uh, all of his friends I hate. I hate them so much. I want nothing to do with them. There's two characters who are two of his friends. There's got three friends. Two of them are completely indistinguishable from one another. They have no defining characteristics at all. And the other one looks like a member of the Pussy Posse. He's like got mm-hmm. real Joey Fatone, David Blaine energy. He does. Uh, like he feels, he feels sort of pickup artisty. He says he wants to mark a woman with his scent like a lemur. He's bad, and I hate him. Yeah, he's uh, greasy. He seems like he would be slippery if you touched him. And then the other two guys <laughs> are, like, the same guy. Only yeah. one of them is doing an Aussie accent. But, like, mm-hmm. yeah, you start the movie off just immediately being instructed to not like them because it shows them all like, going about their daily lives. And his one of his bros is, like, working in, like, I assume a fancy shoe shop. Like, a, it, he's helping a a well-to-do woman try on a pair of stilettos and he's feeling up her leg very creepily oh, right. and, oh, and then right. he gets and oh. then he gets a text that the waves are breaking and he's like late but you're like wait, wait wait go back to that other thing first of all how are you wearing <laughs> flip-flops in like a manolo blonic store <laughs> also how is this woman allowing you to touch her and then how do you just leave a customer mid mid shoe try on uh, i'm not liking this guy yeah it's really funny oh but highlight highlight for sure the fact that this movie just starts on like a a hard 30 seconds of the american flag with the star spangled banner being played in the background because what movie is that from a true highlight yeah no it's a totally different movie that has some mentioning of the country that there it's just so so weird Uh, the uh the woman that talks about the the hit until it's done cooking uh on a frying pan, cooking like greasy eggs in a bathing suit just makes my skin crawl. Oh, that's uh, a that's a high risk, low reward game she's playing right there. Those are bur- <laughs> those are body burns waiting to happen. Yes, and also the just the mere implication of people having sex in the sand in this movie, I find truly objectionable. It's not uh, advisable. I don't I don't want kids watching this movie to think that's a good idea. Uh, <laughs> it's just don't do it, kids. Uh, yeah. It's caustic. Uh, Can you imagine what would happen if Steve Addington was introduced to what VR looks like now? Holy shit. If he put on, like, VR goggles <laughs> now and he had to experience that world? He would just think that it's the real world. He wouldn't be able to go back anywhere. That's true. He uh, would fall over, but he wouldn't know what to do next because he'd be controlling things. So he'd never leave the game. 
Yeah. There is a moment where I think uh, Alexi uh, Gilmore says, this is so romantic, it's like a Jane Austen novel. And my feeling is that the, the four men writers of this movie stopped writing at It's Like, Googled romantic novel, <laughs> or just Googled romance, yeah. and then plugged in Jane Austen. Uh, it's so funny because I, I had that note too, and I remember turning to Jesse's and being like, okay, Jane Austen's hard to read. These women haven't <laughs> read that book. Like... I mean, yeah. as someone who read Pride and Prejudice within this calendar year, I have a pretty working memory of how difficult that book can be for someone who, like, I would, I would say that I am. You're a, a reader. You're a person who reads. I'm a read. I'm a read. <laughs> so, yeah, no, they definitely just did like a Google of women plus romance plus thinking question mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what women read, please Google. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah there's a lot of bow chicka wow wow in this movie i noticed that whoever mm -hmm. was like if they scored it if i guess you could call it that there's definitely there's a lot of that like kind of 70s lo-fi porn i did not pick on. up a note of music in this movie i know i saw that there's a soundtrack there's move there's there's songs on the soundtrack yeah. which include the song what is it no pants required <laughs> uh but it's a lot of carefree kind of socal-y um there's there's an artist on there that's like kind of more of like a folk acoustic guy that I like named Xavier Red, but they like featured him prominently prominently and almost exclusively, and it's just all the songs that might have some didgeridoo elements to them. I'm like ah, fucking yeah. Incredible. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, if you told if you told me there was not a note of music in this movie, I would believe you instant. I have zero memory of music. Yeah. Uh, it's so, very like tone appropriate, but it's definitely there. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't know. I would pose the question to you: If you got to got to had to be a character in this film, who do you pick? Mm, mm. Uh, it's a good question. I mean, I think it, just for like career, like career stability, the guy that can simultaneously run a reality TV show live while doing motion capture for a video game. That seems like a pretty good and talented person that I would be happy to be. Uh, that or the ghost of Willie Nelson, yeah. uh, who just by virtue of not being in the movie very much and uh, getting to hang out with the goats, the high point of the movie. Absolutely hanging out with the goats. Yeah, yeah. I, picked, I picked the like seven-year-old Mexican boy who gets to just fucking bonfire and hang out on the beach with this mystery man who appears <laughs> and leaves with the tide. This tree god. <laughs> His tree god. Um but yeah, you know, actually, that brings up a fair point. The TV exec gets fucked over in a way that he doesn't deserve. Right. He did. Like, he built this kind of incredible operation, and then his shit gets just bought out by this woman's dad. He's actually just doing his job. And granted, he's being aggressive, but we all know that success uh, sometimes hinges upon being, let's call it proactive. He, he does maybe need... commit bank fraud. He does maybe commit bank fraud. I'm not going to just let him off on that. Yeah, but he might be uh, Steve Addington's legal guardian. So he also <laughs> might just fair. be trying to look out for his financial interest. That's fair. Yeah. It's a bad um, movie. So yeah, it's a bad movie I, that's bad. I, I would say it's bad. But it's bad in like not the fun, bad movie watch kind of way. About half yeah. of it seems like airs on the side of this is going to get fun and this is something that you might come on board with. And then it, it sort of flatlines. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. Now, every time they're about to make a bold choice, they decide to go in a different direction. Is there a hero's journey in this? Is there like any, does any character have any arc or change at all in any way? I was thinking about that. I was going to try to map that out, and I, I couldn't come up with a way that anyone became a dynamic human being by the end. Because everyone just sort of maintains, and that almost seems like the goal. It's just yeah. never don't be chill. Right. The movie's about never changing. <laughs> yeah. It's actually about sticking to your guns, never changing, never <laughs> reacting, don't lose your face. <laughs> right. Don't don't let any any external circumstance change anything. And that's a that's a story. That's a movie that people watch. It's sort of like I mean, it's like it's like they had um like echoes of like the dude. You know, like, oh he right. just kinda like he's just doing his chill thing and then life happens at him. But that second part though. Like uh-huh. If you're going to have yeah. someone be the same kind of static character and just ride the whole plot out, you do need that other element, though. You need a John Goodman. And the best thing they had was Woody Harrelson, who, like, is on the record saying he wasn't trying in this movie. Oh, yeah. He was just well, having he said a this was time. The, this is the most non-work he's ever done, was his mm-hmm. quote about about this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah it's, not... not um, it's worth noting that this movie it was made for a modest six million dollars, but it made opening weekend uh, just under just shy of six grand at the <laughs> box office, and then did not exceed fifty two million or fifty two thousand um, dollars. Right. So this movie, ever, ever. this movie, cost six million and lost six point nine five million. <laughs> it's so amazing. Oh god. Yeah. So I mean. It makes sense that he made it. I'm sure this mm-hmm, was incredibly mm-hmm. fun to do, and it was probably the best three months ever because it's like going on summer break and getting paid. Right, just hanging out in Malibu. Yeah, hanging out with your buddy, hanging out at possibly your actual house, living your actual life with your actual didgeridoo, and right. then just having a cast and crew come in and out willy-nilly. Uh, no pun intended. Will- yep, yep, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Willy, yeah. N- n- Nelly, yeah. Willy uh, Nelly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So yeah, that's I guess yeah. that's. I would maybe maybe watch it. I would say watch it with uh, do what I did, have several yes. margaritas, and then watch it. And it's not it's not the worst thing you're gonna do. You know, don't yeah, watch it with imbibe a couple tasty bevs. Um, watch it with a buddy, or do what I did, where part of your exercise is uh, creating a like a little bit of a drinking game and also taking lots and lots of notes so it kind of checks you out mm-hmm. a good 25 percent <laughs> of the movie so like you know things yeah. aren't happening but you need some time to write down your mm-hmm. favorite quotes about um cows of corn right <laughs> yeah uh it would be kind of a fun movie to watch with friends but you definitely need to be talking over a third of it yes yes yeah uh yeah anything else on this movie before we before we wrap it up i think that's gonna do her all and right and we'll, well be back in the saddle, and I would say doing this bi-monthly situation. Yeah, probably. I think that's about right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, well, uh, you know, until next time, uh, I, am, I am Henry, and we'll continue to be. And I uh, will continue to be the, the sandy one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, and I'm still Michelle. 
and this uh, this is the, the gravelly bad boy, uh, Henry, uh, <laughs> quoting Oscar winner Nick Cage in his Oscar acceptance speech, experiment and fast forward into the future of acting. And all your friends Goodbye, everybody. Say,